Uh, it's good to see you all. Welcome. Uh, especially friends and family of Nathan and Hannah, you're very welcome. It's lovely to have you with us. They're a very special family, as you know. We value them and love them, and it's great that you're here to share with us today. So it's, uh, you're very welcome. Um, as Steve said, we've been uh, going through a series over the last, well, the previous six weeks. Uh, so if you're just coming at the end, don't worry. You haven't missed everything. <laughs> um, but we've had six weeks where we've been looking at some of the verses, the key verses that God's laid on our hearts, that's been inspiring us, that's been challenging us as we look ahead to what God's got for us over these coming years. Um, and so I thought just as a very brief summary, I'm not going to try and summarise the last six sermons. I'm not even going to say very much on them at all. But I thought it would be good just to go through the verses, uh, just to encourage us. Um, and also, if you did miss any of them or you haven't heard them, they are all available uh, on our website, on the podcast or on iTunes. So uh, as we, even this week as we prepare to go off to Ashburnham, let's delve back into some of them and just remember what God has been saying to us over these last few weeks. Um, so we're just going to look at, you know, we started at the beginning of July when Steve um, shared from Joshua, um, chapter 13, verse 1. It was a long time ago, it seems though. When Joshua had grown old, the Lord said to him, you are now very old and there are still very large areas of land to be taken over. And then the following week we had uh, uh, Ken, spoke from Isaiah 43, See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Uh, then we had Richard, with a great verse from Habakkuk. The sovereign Lord is my strength, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. And then the following week was, was Malcolm and Nick um, from Luke chapter 6. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You probably remember their wonderful illustration that, that Nick had as well, which was great. Um, and then Joe spoke from that very challenging passage in Luke. Um, he did really well. The verse we focused on, though, was whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. It was a challenging and stirring word. Uh, last week, we had a great word from Daniel, uh, from John chapter 14. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. Uh, and so we come to the end of this little series, um, and we'll be looking at uh, a verse in 1 Corinthians 2. It says, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. So I don't know about you, but I've certainly been challenged. I know many of you have been challenged. We've talked about some of these passages and some of the, the words that have been shared, uh, really stirring us as we look ahead to the things that God's got for us. Um, it can be quite daunting, but actually we're rooted in some solid truth uh, from God's word. Uh, we know God's been speaking specifically to us, uh, and we're just going to unpack some of this this morning. Uh, but I'm actually going to start at the beginning of, of the chapter in 1 Corinthians 2, uh, because um, primarily for myself, I just find some of these words that are quite encouraging for me. Um, so we're going to start there and then move on. So verse 1 says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, 
as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. I come in the steps of Paul this morning, weak um, and not eloquent. I'm not a great, renowned speaker. I don't do this a lot. Uh, but actually, my heart is that we hear God's words. We hear God's heart this morning. So uh, forgive me if I stutter and stumble or don't get it all right. But actually, what we want is God's spirit. And that's what we're preaching this morning. It's the power that God has given us. Um, next Sunday, we will have eloquent and wise speakers at Ashburnham. So today you've got me. I've got to look forward to that next week. But, uh, but I'm excited. If we look just at um, verse... Six again, um, or the next one. Sorry. Yeah, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that's been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I think it's quite sobering, really, that uh, all that's going on in the world, we can look around and actually we see that, you know, leaders that have a, do have a heart to serve their countries really quite often seem clueless about how to deal with a lot of the things going on. Uh, we look to people and so often they fail us or we think they, have, they have, don't understand it, they don't see what's going on, why can they not see? Uh, the wisdom of this age isn't that great, sadly because it's man's wisdom. They're trying to sort things out man's way. But actually, if we focus on God, we focus on God's wisdom and God's way, then there is a hope. We can look forward with certainty, uh, with a hope for the future and glory, because we know that God has a plan. Um, it talks about a mystery. Um, it says a mystery that's hidden, um, a mystery that people don't understand, um, what is this mystery? Well, hopefully we'll find out. All uh, right, let's get on to our key verse. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. This verse is, is um, actually Paul seemed to quote from um, a verse in Isaiah 64, um, which is a cry for God to reveal himself in front of Israel's enemies and to save his people. Uh, if you look at that verse in Isaiah, it says, Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. So although this, this verse quite often in Corinthians it is used in, in many different contexts, uh, people often use it to look ahead to the glorious eternity that we have in heaven and the wonderful things we can look forward to, and that, that's good. I think primarily, um, and we're going to look at some different aspects of it, but I think primarily Paul is looking at this as a personal thing. 
Um, in Isaiah, it was uh, a heartfelt cry to God to, to show himself, to reveal himself for the Israelites in their situation. They were being oppressed by people around them. And the heart was that God would come and reveal himself and deal with uh, their enemies and show himself. And I think in the same way, God wants to reveal himself today in our own situations, in our own lives, in our own circumstances. So the mystery that is spoken about in here, um, it's a mystery that's, yeah, we don't know what mystery is, do we? That's why it's a mystery. And if it's hidden, who can find it? But actually, it has been revealed through the Holy Spirit. The mystery that I believe is being spoken about here is what God planned from before the beginning of time, the mystery and the wonder of Jesus coming to save and seek, seek and save the lost, to coming to help us to restore our broken relationship with God, to help us restore what was create, what, how we were created in the beginning, to have that relationship with, with God. Uh, and that can only be done as Jesus comes uh, and works through for us. So this is what God prepared for us even before time began. It's an amazing truth. He's seeking and saving us from our sinful life and bringing us into a glorious and wonderful eternal relationship with him. So that's it. Mystery solved. <laughs> it's no longer hidden. The secret is out. Well, it is for us, isn't it? I think God has opened our eyes uh, for those of us that know and love Jesus. He's revealed that to us. But it, for many, it is still a mystery. It's still confusing. It doesn't make sense. Uh, the world would say that's foolishness. But actually, we say it's God's wisdom. The world doesn't understand it because they haven't had their eyes opened. Um, our eyes have been opened. Our ears have been opened. We've been able to hear. The Holy Spirit is working in our life. So unless people are willing to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to them. It remains a mystery to them. It remains hidden. Uh, but God wants us. It wants us to affect our own lives initially. But he wants us to help to show his glory, to show his way, to show his purpose and plan to those around us. But that can't be done with our wise words. It can't be done with clever hermeneutics or funny little stories or whatever, um, helpful as they may be. It can only be done as the Holy Spirit reveals it to people. So our job is to bring them to that place where God can speak to them. But first of all, he needs to do it in our lives. It's a wonderful mystery. It's a wonderful thing that, that what God has done because it restores us, as I said, back to what God created us for initially, a relationship with him. Uh, and that's the wonderful mystery, the thing that actually the world doesn't understand it says, what's God got to do with it? God isn't working in the world. Things are going so wrong, God can't be a part of it. But actually, we know God is very much a part of it. And he's called us to be a part of the answer. That's why we're here as a church. That's why we're building here what we're doing as a body. That's why we're looking ahead to the future and saying, okay, God, what have you got for us? Where do you want us to move? Where do you want us to, to work how can we touch the lives of those around us, both in this town, in our country, and in the nations? Because God's plan is to work through his people. That's why he's building a strong church. Uh, and again, the world doesn't see a strong church at the moment. The world sees a church that's declining, that's stuck in tradition, that hasn't got an answer, that hasn't got a voice, 
But actually, we're the people of God. We do have an answer because we've got Jesus. We do have a voice because the Holy Spirit is filling us and inspiring us. And that's the answer for this world. That's the only hope for this world. That's the mystery that's been revealed to us. And that's what we want to take out to the world. As with um, many prophetic passages, there can actually be several layers. Um, And I think God also wants to inspire us as a church. And I believe here we can use these words to explore some of the other things that God's revealing to us, his people. So as we've we've looked at it on a personal level, it wants to affect our lives so that we can go and make change. Um, We've often talked about part of our vision about the in, out and in, out and up, you know, we, we, we focus in and get our lives right with God. You know, we're looking outwards around us and we're also looking up to Jesus. Uh, and I think so, God wants to affect us personally, but he also wants to affect us as a body. Um, yeah, so that's what God's prepared for us. Uh, the next one is what's God prepared for his church? The key points that we've been looking at over these last six weeks um, that God revealed, I know to Steve, but also to us as a, as a church, um, they're all focused, if we can bring them up, um, really on outward blessing. You might look at that and think, oh no, that's all about just about the church. But actually, no, every one of those points is focused outward. It's focused on building God's community, building God's church and affecting the community so giving away £60,000, that's not just so we can feel good about ourselves, but actually that's investing in the group of churches that we serve. We want to bless them so that we can uh, support church plants. We can support uh, ministries that are affecting and helping the poor. Uh, we can support people um, over that are uh, taking the gospel out. Praying for healing for over 1,500 people. We want to touch people's lives, whether they know Jesus or not yet. We, God wants to touch them. They don't have to wait until they come into our church. We want to go out. We want to bless people. We want to touch them. We want to change their lives by the power of the Spirit. Baptise 140 people. Again, that involves going out. You know, we're not just going to have a, a Sunday where we think, okay, we're all going to get baptised again. That will get the numbers up. You know, it doesn't matter if we've been baptised already. Let's, let's do it again. It'll keep Steve happy. 140, one Sunday, great. No. If we're going to baptise 140 people in a few years' time, that means we've got to get people... To meet with God, Jesus says, believe and be baptised. Right? So we've got to get them to come to belief and faith in Jesus. That means us taking it out, affecting the community. Uh, we're looking at planting another church. We're already supporting our new church planting inclusion in Romania. But actually, God stirred us that we want to plant somewhere else, whether it's local, whether it's, uh, again, further away. We don't know yet. We're seeking that. But actually, it's so that we can plant an authentic New Testament-style church in a community where there isn't one, so that lives can be affected, so that people can be brought into the kingdom. Give away more leaders. Why would we do that? We want to keep the leader. We want to keep everything nice here, don't we? No. We want to send out. God's spoken to us so many times over the years, even from early days when we were in the church, that we will be sending of our best. We're going to send leaders out because that's how God is going to affect the communities and the nations. The next phase of a building project, oh, surely that's just about us as a church, isn't it? No, the only reason we want to extend this building is because we know God is bringing more people to us that want to be touched and affected. And feed Crawley. Often we've looked at that and said, hey, that, that's great, we're doing that already, aren't we? Feed Crawley is fantastic. Um, if you're not familiar with it, we, we, we run a, 
um, a, a program in conjunction with some charities and with, with Tesco's where we get a lot of surplus food. And on a Wednesday night, this place is buzzing. We have, um, even over the summer, they've been feeding over 400 people every week on a Wednesday. Uh, we're taking out maybe 30 food parcels to people that uh, are struggling uh, with a, a selection of food for them. Uh, they're taking out meals, I think between 50 and 60 meals every week, um, many to, uh, to uh, um, sheltered accommodation just up the road and to other people that we know in town that are homeless every week. So that's, you know, getting on five, 600 people who are affected just by what we're doing now. And it's fantastic. And who would have thought, you know, just over a year ago when it started that it would get to this point? But actually, I've been stirred. And I know Zicky and Bjorn and, and Anne Lemmer and all the team that are involved with Feed Cruelly have got a heart for bigger things. But I'm really convinced that God's got a lot more. We may think, hey, what God's doing in Feed Cruelly is fantastic. Let's, let's, you know, let's enjoy that. But God's got so much more for us. I think more than we could uh, even hope or imagine. Um, is a verse in, in Ephesians, um, which I think is very much linked to this. Uh, I love this verse. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work in us. You know, many people have had a heart that so said, We want to we reach the people of Crawley, we want to reach the homeless, th- those that are struggling. Hey, with grace, by the grace of God, we've been doing that through Feed Crawley, but God wants to do immeasurably more. So let's not settle for what we've got, great as it is. Let's be expectant. Let's get excited about what God's got in the future for us uh, because there's so much more to come. It's something we, we can testify to personally um, over our, our story. I'm not going to go into it for, <laughs> for time, but so many times God has done things in our lives that we just couldn't conceive would happen. Uh, we look back over our lives and you know, we aren't nothing special. We're just normal family. You know, trying to be faithful, trying to serve God, trying to do the right things. Uh, that we believe, but time and time again, God has just surprised us. He's been so amazing in so many ways, and I know he will continue to do that for us, for our family, and for us as a church. You know, God has got so much more in store. We're not going to settle, are we? We're not going to be satisfied with all the wonderful things that we've got here and now, where God's brought us. There is so much more that God wants to bring us into, uh, and we need to almost be captivated by that. Let's not settle and, and think, hey, okay, we've made it. This is good. Look, what a lovely group of people. You know, even in August, we've got a nearly full hall here. That's lovely, isn't it? No, let's not settle. God's got so much more for us. And then finally, I think God wants also to, to keep our eyes focused upwards. So as we look at bringing in his kingdom, you know, what is God's plan for saving the world? God has a great and wonderful future for us. And it will be glorious. And it's good to look towards that. But I think God wants to realise that he's placed eternity in our hearts now. It's good we can look, to, look ahead to an eternal future with him in heaven. We, glorious things. We sing about them. We read about them. We pray about them. You know, heaven is going to be wonderful. But actually, God's put heaven and eternity, his kingdom, in our hearts now. Uh, and he wants us to enjoy that. He wants us to experience that. And he wants that to inspire us. Uh, to go out. So let's see where he's leading us. As individuals, as a body, his heart is to bring his eternal kingdom into the here and now so that it affects all that we do, all that we are, and it will affect everyone around us. We need to be captivated with a realisation of the enormity of God. 
and his plans and purpose for us. As I said, it's plans that go far beyond what we can naturally see and understand. Already we've been stirred with, with the vision that God's given us. That's far more than we as humans could hope to do. You know, we're thinking, wow, if God's going to do that, then it's going to be amazing. But actually, God wants us to go beyond that. I think that's just the start in many cases. He's given us some road signs that are pointing us in his direction. And he's given us things that have re- he's revealed to us. But he has so much more still as we learn to grasp the wonder of God and his purpose and keep focused on him then we can enter into all the things he's prepared for those who love him. We need to keep our eyes fixed on him. We need to keep our hearts and minds open. You know, God has revealed things to us already, but actually it's just the start. You know, let's be captivated by a vision of the glorious church that he's building here. You know, it's great to hear of what great things God's been doing around the world. And I think for so many years that's been that frustration in our heart you know, we hear of, of great outbreaks of God's power in different countries. We hear of churches growing to magnificent sizes. We hear of healing miracles and all that. We think, yeah, that's great. Oh, Lord, why doesn't it happen here? God's doing it here. God's already started. God's promised us that it's, we haven't seen anything yet. And I think if we keep our eyes fixed on him, let's keep our hearts and minds focused on him, the author and perfecter of our faith that will build and encourage us as we go then we've got a great future, a lot more in store. So I want to finish with a, a quote from John Piper. It's always good to finish with a quote from John Piper. Um, and this challenged me. If you don't see the greatness of God, then all the things that money can buy become very exciting. That's where the world is, isn't it? They're excited by trinkets and you know, newfangled things. But actually, we need to be captivated by the greatness of God. If you can't see the sun, you'll be impressed with a streetlight. If you've never felt thunder and lightning, you'll be impressed with fireworks. And if you turn your back on the greatness and majesty of God, you'll fall in love with a world of shadows and short-lived pleasures. God has got so much for us. Let's not sell ourselves short. Let's not sell God short. Let's be captivated by a vision of God's greatness, of his glory, of his wonderful purpose and plan for us that we can move forward and enter into the good of all that he has. Amen.